Unity of Farmington Hills, a powerful path for spiritual living. Farmington Hills and greetings to our YouTube viewers. Welcome everyone. My name is Chuck Manastra. I'm the platform assistant today sharing the announcements and special events with you. If you are a first time visitor in person, a welcome packet is available from an usher as you leave the sanctuary. Join us after in the social hall for great conversation and fellowship with one another and our hospitality team as is testament to everyone who's been here uh, for many weeks prepares really healthy refreshments and tasty treats for enjoyment. The capital campaign update, excuse me. We are excited that we are well on our way to doubling the stakes. 
of our expanded goal of $100,000. We have already raised 66,000, which means we are only $34,000 away from our goal. So two thirds of the way there. Funds raised from doubling the stakes will help us work toward making our building handicap accessible. The UFH ukulele group will meet next Sunday instead of today at 11.15 to one in room nine. Come and play the ukulele and or sing. You'll be surprised at the learning fun and excitement that you will have. Please join us for our new member service next Sunday, October 22nd at 10 a.m. Come and help celebrate our new members. You too can become a member of our loving, diversified, and vibrant spiritual community. You are welcome here. Go to unityfh.com, click on About Us, fill out the membership form, and click Submit. Receipt of your membership request will be appropriately acknowledged. Our annual Trunk or Treat will take place on Saturday, October 28th from 2 to 4 p.m. in the parking lot. Dress in your favorite costume, decorate your trunk, and bring lots of treats. Invite your family and friends to do the same and join in the fun. Our goal is 25 trunks. We had over 200 children last year. It was like ultimate cuteness, so um, <laughs> I highly encourage you to sign up. The sign-up sheet is posted in the social hall for volunteer trunks, other volunteer positions, candy or treat donations, or cash donations to purchase candy. UFH member Carl Schluter will present a two-session class entitled Love Flow Direction. Part one is Sunday, October 29th at 11.30 a.m. to 12.30 in the social hall, which will cover the background from his book, T-U-S-O-L, The Unseen Stuff of Life, and examine the definition, characteristics, and symptoms of an outside-in love flow direction. The class will also be available on Zoom. A love donation is suggested. And part two will, presented, will be presented two weeks later on November 12th. Help support the annual Children's Church Thanksgiving Food Drive beginning Sunday, October 29th through Wednesday, November 15th. Please donate cans of vegetables, potatoes, stuffing, other dried food, diapers, formulas, etc. We previously asked for boxes. However, we do not need boxes, just the donations, please. Our annual Veterans Appreciation Day is Sunday, November 5th at 10 a.m. All veterans are invited as we, as we honor and acknowledge you and your service to our country. Our own UFH member, UFH member Steve France, will be our guest speaker. Thank you, Steve, for your dedication and service to the U.S. Army. Sharon Lewis Sharon, is our prayer chaplain today and will be available to pray with you. Oh, hi, Sharon. <laughs> the grand entrance of Sharon Lewis. <laughs> Sharon will be available to pray with you after service near the patio doors. Please exit the sanctuary immediately after service to allow Sharon a quiet space. Stay abreast of our activities and upcoming events. Please visit unityfh.com. Oh, I thought it was canceled. Yeah. Next month? That it was canceled? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I was just told, Dennis, to cross it off the list. <laughs> uh, yes, actually, the men's group was supposed to meet Saturday, October 25th at 10 a.m. at Leo's Coney Island. And that will not happen, right, Dennis? It'll be rescheduled for November. Okay, thank you. Uh, to stay abreast of our activities and upcoming events, please visit unityfh.com. Check out our Facebook page or read through the newsletter that's emailed every Friday. And now, as the music team sings Surely the Presence, let us prepare our hearts and minds for the daily word and our opening prayer. I 
beautiful flowers. Thank you, Michael, for the beautiful flowers. I love that. That's just beautiful. Now it's time for the reading of the daily word, and we're going to go into a brief meditation as well. If you'd like to gently close your eyes to receive the daily word, I invite you to do so now, and then you'll already be in a position to go into prayer. You don't have to. I'm just inviting you to do so. Sunday, October 15th, 2023. Generous. Today we affirm, the abundance of the world flows through me. And our message reads, I am securely in the flow of prosperity when I receive graciously and gratefully and share my abundance generously. Whatever I share with a loving, giving heart blesses me as much as it blesses the one who receives it. Each time I share of my supply, I am demonstrating my trust that I will always have what I need. When I share of myself, I am living my faith that I am a divine being empowered with limitless supply of divine ideas. The richness of an abundant universe flows through me. Knowing this, I don't hesitate to be generous so others will know the abundance of the world as I know it. Through my giving, may they also know the blessings of the awesome power and grace of God as they bless me daily. Our Bible verse for today comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. Now may we have, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit that comes from God so that we may understand the gifts bestowed on us by God. Let us pray. So with our eyes gently closed, let us take a deep cleansing breath. Bring your attention down into the center of your chest. And as we do this, we, come, we all come on one accord Let your hearts radiate love and peace right now. And as we do this, we acknowledge that there is only one power, only one presence, only one activity that is active in our lives and in the universe. That awesome God, the good omnipotent. And as we tune into your love, God, tune into your peace, we radiate it out into the world where there is an experience where people are not radiating love and peace. And we send it out generously, tapping into the Christ within every single heart in this sanctuary and resonating on one accord the consciousness of Christ out to touch every single heart in the world and in the universe. Sending our love that there be a harvest for the world of the expression of love and light, setting an intention to be that example ourselves. Thanking you for that example in our way shower in Big Brother Jesus Christ. Promising to do our part to add to the love in this world. And so just for a little bit, God, we're going to radiate. We're going to sit in the expression of just radiating love out into the world. Being diplomats of the spirit of peace and love just for a little bit. So I invite you to breathe in love deeply. Letting it activate the love in your heart center. And as you exhale, send that love deeply out into the world. And just continue to breathe it in deeply, the expression of love and peace. 
and send it out deeply out into the world. God knows what to do with that love, whose hurts to touch and how to activate it. All we have to do is sit and meditate on that trust and faith that as we resonate love in the consciousness of Christ, let it go and let God, it will do its work. Let your bodies relax. And know that as we send this love out, we are expanded in it as well. We are activating those greatest two commandments, loving God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength as we tune into the Christ with love. And then loving by sending it out to the world the same way we love ourselves. And we thank you, God, for this opportunity to go ahead and send that love out, knowing that we can do this at any time, in any moment, no matter what's going on in our lives. We can stop tap into love, and send love out. And so as we close this meditation, we lift our hearts in prayer in the name and nature of the indwelling Christ, which is the activator of all love and peace. And we thank you, God. We thank you, God, for being that love in and through us. And so it is. Amen. And now let us go ahead and affirm our statement of being together. God is all, both invisible and visible. One presence, one mind, one power is all. This one that is all is perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. I am an individualized expression of God. Well, then say it two more times like you know it. I am an individualized expression of God. I am an individualized expression of God. I am ever one with this perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. And now let us affirm our growth affirmation together, knowing that it is doing what it was created to do. We give thanks for our expansive congregation that fills our halls, sanctuary, and classrooms with seekers and teachers of unity truth, fills our hearts with love and joy, and provides us with all of the necessary resources to co-create a loving and compassionate spirit-filled world.
Can we give them another hand, please? That song really touched me. Please give me a second to center. I feel the energy so strong. So I'll just take this moment to pray. Thank you, God, for centering me. Allow my human to decrease and my spirit to come forth. I feel this... Uh, rocking so deep. I know you're moving me. I know you're moving all of us. I feel what's going on in the world so deep. Help me tuck it down just for a little bit. To be what you want me to be. 
in today's talk. Thank you, God. Amen. I am what you call a highly sensitive person. And ever since I was little, I could feel what goes on in the world. And I'm feeling deeply what's going on in the world. Again, I mean, there was another big war, whatever, attack, but it shakes me. And then the song really opened that up, because that's the truth. Both songs, the first and the second song. And this is really deep because we're moving through the book of Revelation. And the book of Revelation, which was given to John, one of the disciples of Jesus, who was Jesus' best friend, was given to offer a sense of encouragement as the followers of Jesus, the early Christians, were moving through, settling in, being that expression of what the teachings were of Jesus Jesus Christ. Now, this was important because Jesus came Jewish. Jesus taught the Jewish tradition, Judaism, but he moved us into an acknowledgement of the Christ consciousness that exists in Judaism, which is why Paul and Barnabas started the name Christianity because that's what they felt was the true source of what Jesus was coming to teach. It came from Judaism. But it's to acknowledge the Christ in us on a higher level. That holds us through anything in life that we go through. I told you guys a couple of weeks ago, maybe about three or four weeks ago, that I had this opportunity as I was, my mom was in hospice. I was seeking in my heart those places where I was feeling at the, you know, looking for some agony, some hurt, and some deep sense of grieving. And it wasn't there because I had a relationship with God. I had known and shifted from my consciousness of what death is into a celebration that it is graduating to a higher expression of life. However, there are those moments when my human side is activated. And certain months do that for me. And then when things are going on in the world, that triggers it even more sometimes. This is the month of my sister's birthday and her anniversary to her husband. And his birthday, too. His birthday's October 4th. Their anniversary was the 14th, which was yesterday. And her birthday's the 29th, which is in a couple weeks on a Sunday. And so there's this thing that goes on inside of us that we will be going into as we talk through this next segment of, of, of the book of Revelation. And there's this inner turmoil that's going on. Sometimes things are triggered inside of us. The title of this uh, book, I mean, this chapter, to, I mean, this part of the chapter that we're going to be reading is, is called The Message to the Church in Smyrna. But Smyrna was also called the Church of Persecution. And what I'm realizing is that the deepest level of persecution happens within ourselves, how we oppress ourselves, how we beat up on ourselves. And there are parts inside of us, no matter how far we go in our expression of God, in our awareness of our relationship with God, and how deeply we step into our love with God, that our human still gets caught by surprise. And I caught myself feeling guilty, feeling like I failed my sister, because this is the month we celebrate her birthday, and feeling like I failed her because I wasn't in a room with her when she passed away. I didn't fight and ask her husband, let me just come in there. I promised her I would not leave her alone. And I know on a spiritual level that it happened as if it was supposed to. That's where the opposition, that's where the resistance come in, comes in. Because my human, the big sister in me that was always there to protect her, even in her 40s, I still felt I was going to protect her. Even when she was going through cancer, I still felt that I, and I was there for her out every step of the way. And I felt robbed of that experience to walk her into, to usher her into her second expression of death. 
which was going to the greater expression of life. I feel robbed sometimes of that, and I'm still overcoming that. This is my persecution that I'm going through. The beautiful thing is in this letter that Jesus writes through John to the church in Smyrna, he gives us, and Smyrna is the word, the, it, the definition means myrrh. And myrrh is a sweet-smelling ointment or perfume that was used to embalm the dead. And it's so eerie. <laughs> they gave Jesus myrrh. <laughs> but it was to acknowledge what his death would signify. The sweetness that his death would signify the ushering in of an eternal life where you never die again, the ushering in of the first one who would ever resurrect in this world. And so this being called myrrh, the Smyrna, which is that sweet feel, that sweet smell, is demonstrated because in the title of my talk, Smyrna, Faith Unto Death, faith is that sweet-smelling, radiating expression that holds us and keeps us when we're going through those inner persecutions or outer persecutions, inner oppressions or outer oppressions. And I promise you, I have learned that for me, the deepest form of resistance, oppression, and opposition is my own, in my own mind, in my own mind. Even when somebody else does it, now I take it on, and then it becomes it for me. I had an experience this weekend that's really deep for me because I had an experience where someone told me they didn't want to be a part of something that I was, I'm a part of anymore. And, I, and it was someone who I love, and it, it, it affected me. I took it personally. I know the four agreements. Don't take it personally. Don't make assumptions. Do your best and be honest and impeccable with your word. However, that human side comes in when you're taken um, by surprise. And I was taken by surprise. And I was triggered. What did I do wrong? Like going through my mind of wondering what I did wrong, that heaviness on feeling like I failed again somehow when I didn't do anything wrong. People have a right to make their own choices on what they choose to do that's best for them and ain't got nothing to do with me. But the process that you go through, that resistance, that opposition, that process to get yourself back in peace, can be a hellish kind of experience. Amen? So when we go through these experiences, we can hold on to this letter, this message to the church in Smyrna. This is in Revelation chapter 2, verse 8 to 11. And this is the smallest, the shortest letter that Jesus had John write to one of the churches. And it's interesting because Smyrna wasn't far from Ephesus, and this was, these seven churches were on a mail route. And so this was the next church. And, and the thing that we're going to look at as we read these letters is that Jesus puts them in a certain format. And the first part of it is that Jesus always gives the location of the angel that the letter's written to. And he also shares... a description of himself, some characteristic of the description of himself when John saw the vision of Jesus that we read about in Revelation 1. And each one of the characteristics of that description is relevant to that letter that Jesus has written to this church, whichever church we'll be discussing. And today is Smyrna. And then he goes into, Jesus goes into sharing and affirming to, in them where they are in alignment with the truth, align, in alignment with God. And then they share, he shares with them where they are out of alignment with God. And that's to five of them. Two of the churches, he doesn't share that because he doesn't have to. And then he shares, goes into sharing a challenge and an opportunity for the church to become it, back in alignment, to realign your consciousness with God, which is which unity principle, y'all? The fourth unity principle, right? We realign our mind. Through prayer meditation, denials and affirmation, we realign our minds with God. And then not only does he do that, he activates us by saying, 
those who have ears to hear, reminding us to move into the consciousness of Christ so that we can hear what the Christ is sharing for us to do. And in that Christ, the truth is, if you give your will to God's will, you must follow God's will. That's just it. Because that's what the will does. It is absolute and doesn't change. It just does what it does. And so, it's, so he gives that piece that as you follow, as you listen with the ears to hear, you can't help but follow what you led to do. And then there's a promise of some type of blessing when you do. And that blessing, that thing that we are to do where we have the ears to hear, it, you'll see at the end as I read this, it says to the churches, which represents that even though these letters are written to the specific churches, they're relevant to all the churches. And each church represents a phase in our consciousness, an aspect of our consciousness. Does that make sense to everybody? We're connecting on one page. And if we're not, it's okay, because God will open it up at the right time when you're ready. Revelation chapter 2, verse 8 through 11. The message to the church in Smyrna. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Smyrna. This is the message from the one who is the first and the last, who was dead and is now alive. I know about your suffering and your poverty, but you are rich. I know the blasphemy of those opposing you. They say they are Jews, but they are not because their synagogue belongs to Satan. Don't be afraid of what you are about to suffer. The devil will throw some of you into prison to test you. You will suffer for 10 days. But if you remain faithful, even when facing death, I will give you the crown of life. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the, what the Spirit, listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Whoever is victorious, will not be harmed by the second death. So we've already prayed, so we're open. So as we move into this, and I said that the, in the first scripture it says that it is written to the angel of the church in Smyrna. And it actually, the, 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 back then they believed that their churches were protected and had messengers who were angels were, that were... Um, each one had one that was appointed to them, an angel that was appointed to them. I'll say it that way. But as it's written in this letter, what he's talking about is the elder of that church. Because at that time when they would send, when letters would come from Paul or John or whoever to the different churches, they would be on a scroll or a parch, form of parchment, and they'd open it up and the elder would read it while everyone else listened. So as the church, as the letter is written to the angel of the church in Smyrna, it really means it's written to the elder. Now, they know this because they know this figure of speech. So as Jesus is writing through John this letter to the churches, he's writing um, the rest of the message to Reve through Revelation, they're understanding it according to their figure of speech. So the angel of the church is really the elder of the church, the one who sends the message, protects, and guides and leads the church according to how it's guided by God. The message that comes forth, the person who is the one up there speaking for the message that comes forth, that was considered the angel of the church of Smyrna. And so as we go deep into this, we see that the description that Jesus gives of himself as he opens this letter, it says, this is the message from the one who is the first and the last who was dead but now is now alive. He's talking about the spirit in us that has no beginning and no end. That's the omega and the alpha, the alpha and omega. And then when he says, and the first and the last. So no matter what has happened in your life, God's presence has always been there and always will be there. But, uh, and always have the last word on your life, the first word and the last word on your life. Because there's what? Only one what? Power and presence that's active in your life and the universe. And so this is talking about what we call the first unity principle. That there's an absolute presence in the life of each one of us. That begins our life and ends our life. That is the absolute part of our life. 
that is always working in our life and always has the last word on our life, even when we give it permission to do whatever, because the law is the law is the law, and the law will always manifest in our life. Amen? But it's easier when you align your mind with the law, because then you'd be happy with what manifests. Amen? It says, he who was dead but is now alive. That represents the resurrection. And he was persecuted. In one of the worst persecutions, one of the worst forms of death that could be experienced at that time, and that was the crucifixion. But to have that kind of consciousness, that kind of faith, that kind of a relationship, that kind of deep understanding of spirit, that you can literally talk to your spirit yourself and say, not my will, but thy will be done. And since my, my will is to be the will of God, I commend my spirit into your hands. Dear Lord, and your spirit goes into hand with no fear, no obligation, but with the knowing that you are already spirit and that spirit has control over your body anyway. And so you give it into the hands of the ultimate consciousness of God, the divine mind of God. And then three days later, it comes back into your body. That's some sweet business when you think of it. Because he did resuscitate bring others back to life, but they still experience a second death, another death of their body. When he resurrected, he resurrected to where there will never be a death again. Do you get that? So that lets you know that's how he was able to visit John in this vision, because he wasn't dead. His eternal life, moving in between the dimensions of life, the dimensions of the kingdom of God, expressing and being an example to us when we open ourselves up to be guided. That, to me, is some deep business. And he said, these things I do, you can do. We have the power to do that, too. Which is why he says in his letter, he who was dead but now alive, letting them know that this same power in me exists in you, too exists in thee. The rest of it, I know about your suffering and your poverty. That's in each, every letter too. I know. It's the second part in every single letter. In every single letter when Jesus says that, he's acknowledging his omniscience, his all-knowing because he is the spirit. He's one with the spirit in all of us. But that's deep because it means it is also acknowledging his omnipotence, which is his power to be able, God's power to be able to be in all of us, and God's presence in every single one of us. That's the only way that God can say through Jesus, through this letter, I know because of the omnipresence, which is because of God's omnipotence. So whatever it is that you are going through in life or will go through, if you haven't already or you're just now getting out of something, God knows your life. God knows what's heavy on your heart. God knows what is light on your heart. God knows every single experience of your life and is right there with you through every part of it. That's, part, that's why we are so rich, even in what feels poverty, what feels like poverty. Isn't that deep? You can go through any experience, even when it's heavy on you. I um, was watching, you guys, we saw the movie uh, Facing the Giants here, if I remember correctly. That was one of the movies. And, then, and remember in the scene where the captain of the football team was saying, Are we, do you think we're going to, no, someone says, do you think we're going to win against them, coach? And the captain of the team says, I don't know. He had this deep sense of doubt on himself. And so his coach had him do, come down and do a death crawl. And for those of you who know, don't know, which I didn't know until I watched the movie, a death crawl is when you get on your hands, the football players get on their hands and knees and crawl across the field. But he had the captain of the team, whose name was Brock, have one of his team members on his back holding onto his jersey while he was on his hands and knees, uh, not his knees, hands and feet, because he couldn't let his knees touch the ground. And he said, do you promise to give me your very best? And Brock said, yes. He said, no, I mean you give me your very best. And Brock said, yeah. He said, no, I mean, you got to give me your, all of it. Even when you feel you want to give up, you give me your very best. He said, yes, coach. He said, and I'm going to blindfold you so that you won't wonder where you are, how far you are from that space. He blindfolded him. 
So he's, you know, carrying him. He's just doing some sweeping. He just thinks he's doing what he's doing, right? He's just all doing it. Everybody's like, yeah, whatever. And so then eventually it starts getting heavy. That burden starts getting heavy. Carrying that man on his shoulders starts getting heavy. And he's like, uh, am I almost there? And his coach gets down on his hands and knees with him. Keep on going. Go to the left. He's guiding him. A little bit to the right, a little bit to the left. And then it starts getting a little harder. This weight is getting heavier on his back. He's holding this guy, and the guy's swinging back and forth, holding on to him. He's like, I can't do it. I'm getting it. He said, don't you give up. You promised me your best. You got it. Keep going. You got it. Just keep on going. Just give me your best. I can't do it, coach. I can't do it. Yes, you can. Just give me your best. Your body knows what to do. Just give me your best. No, coach, I can't do it. I can't. Now at that point, the rest of the team members start to stand up and look. And they start walking on the field, and they're looking at him. Keep on going, Brock. You got this. It's heavy. Can I put him down? Don't let your knees touch the ground, Brock. Just hold on to it. I can't do it. Yes, you can. And he give me your very best, and he gets to the last move, and he falls. I can't go anymore, coach. I can't. I gave you my best. I gave you everything I could. I can't do it. He said, take off. He took off the, the blindfold. He had walked the whole field, 100 yards, with that man on his back. The coach said, you cannot make it through anything. That is a resistance unless you give your best. And when you give your best, you don't worry about the outcome or how far you're going to go. Just give me your best. And that's what God is saying to them. Give me your best. And that is through your faith. Have faith in me. And I will guide you through. He said, and you were able to carry a 140-year-old guy. And he said, and you are the captain of this team. Now, your inner self, you have a captain of your team. And God is the spirit in you as that coach to make the captain, the consciousness of you that has the right to choose to make the coach. The coach will guide you through, but you got to listen. You got to have that faith and let the sweet smelling faith radiate deeply to push you forward. He said, and, he, and the guy who was carrying his name is Jeremy. He's like, coach, he's still talking to the captain. Don't tell me. Now you have to be the one to decide and the rest of the team will follow you. God is telling us you have to be the one to decide and the rest of your circumstances will push you through no matter what it is you're going through. And Jeremy said, coach, and he says, yes. He had just told him you carried 140 pounds. He said, coach, yes, Jeremy, I weigh 160 pounds. You never know how strong it is that what you are carrying how deeply you've dug in there if you've given your best. Because God takes in and becomes your strength. So now not only have you activated your faith in this, which is one of our spiritual faculties, your strength is activated in this because Jesus says, do not give up. Now he says that there are Jews who are opposing them, that there'd be blasphemy through those opposing you. And he says that they're Jewish people. Now, back in that time when the Christian people were, uh, the, they were coming into new Christianity, now there was a new emperor and there was a ruling that you had to worship the emperor. They would said, no, we're not worshiping anything other than God. And there was this idea that if you didn't worship any idols, then you were the cause of anything that was bad happening in the, in the world. So now they had this persecution from the Romans because they weren't worshiping the Roman emperor, but they also had this persecution from the Jewish people because they were Jewish people who converted into Christianity, and these Jewish people still thinking they're chosen people and looking down on them. But how many times do we do that inadvertently? Look down on others thinking that we know and we have the right answer or we have the right way of doing it. We do the same thing. And our minds through our thoughts oppress. And we are being asked through God to have the faith to stand in love even when that blasphemy is called blasphemy because it is treating someone less than who they are in the eyes of God. God believes we're all one. No one's better than any other. We're just different. 
But when you act as if someone's better than you or you are be better than them, you're creating blasphemy. You're going against the idea of what we're created to be. Images and likeness, different images and likenesses of God. Does that make sense to everybody? Let's keep going. I want to just get through this real quick. It says the devil will throw you into prison to test you. And then you'll have 10 days of suffering. And he asked them to remain in faith. And when you remain in faith, remain faithful, even when you're facing death, that you will receive the crown of life. Now, the one thing here that is a promise to us all is that there will be some times when we will feel restricted. That's what the imprisonment means. And they were. They were going to be put in prison. They were. Because that's what happened back in that day when you did not worship the emperor. You were put in prison. You were killed. You were uh, persecuted. You were tortured. And when you were in prison, it was two forms of it. The first form of it, reason to put you in prison was to make you change and renounce the God within and take on their God of worship. And the second part was because that was a holding cell to your execution. Just imagine being a people, every time you look around, you're being snatched up, tortured, killed, and your congregation is dwindling, which is why you're stepping into poverty financially, but there's a richness and spirit still inside of you, and you're still holding on to the strength. And I'm going to be honest with you. This didn't stop 2,000 years ago. It's going on right now. Outside of our country, and inside of our country. It's just the real truth of it. The real truth of it. So we are asked to hold on to the faith of what is the truth. And you know your truth. You know your truth. No matter what, even to the point of death. And I promise you, that is my promise. And I am using God in me to build up the faith and the courage to go deeper and deeper into it, that I speak and hold my truth even when it is not popular. I'm going to finish this out. The crown of life is that transitioning into the expression of that inner relationship with God, that inner consciousness of spirit, that inner truth, that inner faith, that inner strength inside of you, that joy of that relationship with God that feels so good because we are inheritance of the greatest king ever created, ever existing, and that's God. So it wasn't a physical crown they got, although when they did the, their little contest and all that, they got these little crown of wreaths or whatever. They're, the, all they had to do was oh, finish the race or finish the thing. And they get these little, they go up to the master of the contest and they would put the, get a little wreath on their head, which was a kind of a crown. But Jesus is saying that your crown, and this is deep, is your acknowledgement of who you are. It can't come to you until you acknowledge who you are, until you acknowledge your overcoming, until you acknowledge your presence of God, the presence of God inside of you leading you through, and until you step in to that greater faith. That's when the crown is put on you. That's when you step into the absolute truth, the absolute best of what you are. It all depends on you. That's why the challenge, if you Remain faithful. You'll have the crown of life. Goes on to say, anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit. And we already said that if you are, have the ears to hear, then that means you are operating from the Spirit, and the Spirit must demonstrate Spirit. Jesus said that God is Spirit, and he who worships Spirit must worship in Spirit and in truth. And it says that whoever is victorious will not be harmed by the second death. Back then they believed in this Hades experience after you transition over, after you die. This Hades experience, which is a hell. It became, it's soal, shawel, was really, it's just an experience of that afterlife. But it became the expression of death when they started rooting themselves even more in the tree of the uh, knowledge of good and evil. So that you experience that hell, and that's what this second death is, is talking about, that you won't experience hell. And the reason you won't experience hell is because your consciousness isn't there in the first place. Your consciousness is an expression of spirit. 
the oneness, the peace, the love, the generosity, the faith, the every single thing else connected in the consciousness of God. So what are you going through? Faith and I daily have these opportunities where we hit the wall on something else that has a password or a code or something in a way that Matthew did it because we couldn't really, can't really understand his way of thinking sometimes. Even in the way of doing our financial statements that we need for the um, board meeting that's coming up tomorrow. But the beautiful thing is she and I stay in a faith of faith. I mean, a stay in a, a space of faith, her namesake. And what happens is it's opened up an opportunity for her to be able to still write out everything as in detail. She, and I'm telling you, she's some detail as detailed as she can, so that we have what we need for our board meeting. And you guys will hear more of this at the town hall meeting in November. But that's everyday life, and it feels like oppression going through that stuff. What in the world did he do? Where is this? And we got to stop and listen, and I promise you every single time we have been guided into an answer. Even when we still had to figure out how to navigate that answer, that's a form of oppression. Because it, it affects the church. It's like a heaviness on the church to do our best to lead this church and run this church and make sure that the church works out well. But if you put it in the hands of God, which is what we've been doing, right? And that's only one aspect of our, our church here. We got our volunteers and everybody who's been doing your best to help with every single thing that we've been doing at the church. Even when we have our hiccups on how are we going to promote this, how are we going to do this. That's a form of oppression too. It's not just when you're out being persecuted by living according to your religious beliefs. It is when you are feel a persecution anytime. And we always come together because I'm in tune with all of the volunteer groups and we find a way to work it out. Amen, groups? So this isn't just for something that's like a war going on. This is for us to bring it into our everyday lives. That's why it says that you listen, that um, those who have eyes to hear shall, must listen and, un, and understand and do what the, what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Because every one of us will have an opportunity of some form of what will feel like an oppression. Somebody might say something to hurt your feelings. There you go again. Somebody may change them, like I said over the weekend, change their mind, decide they don't want to be part of your group. There I go again. It's an inner oppression. It's an outer oppression. But the sweet smell of faith will bring us all through. Amen? Amen. Let's close our eyes. Put your hand over your heart. Take a deep breath and... Hold into the spirit of your heart. Uh, you, you have your hand on your heart, so we're centering in the heart center. No matter what I go through, God, together, no matter what I go through, God, I will radiate the sweet smell of faith. Together, I will radiate the sweet smell of faith. Help me through any oppression in my life. Together, help me through any oppression in my life. When I feel like you're not there, when I feel like you're not there, let me hold on to the faith that you are. Let me hold on to the faith that you are. Guide me through any experience, God. Guide me through any experience with the same level of faith, with the same level of faith that I would have that Jesus would have, that I would have that Jesus would have. Not my will, but thy will be done. Not my will, but thy will be done. And just listen to me. Let me, let me pray over you. God, I thank you for aligning us with the consciousness of truth that we live in, bringing our minds, our hearts, our bodies, our souls, and our very actions into alignment of absolute faith and absolute trust that wherever we are in life, whatever's going on, whether it is something pleasant or something really, really heavy, that you not only will guide us through, that your presence will be there to coach us, to lead us, to, in, in, to let us know you're there, and to encourage us through every aspect of our life. Each one of us opens our heart even deeper to hear your encouragement, to love you more deeply, and to hold that love no matter what is going on inside of our world, inside of our temple, 
we're out of the, in the outer world. And we're going to mind our own business and not judge what's going on on the outside as well. We will send only love, and it takes faith to do so. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And so it is. And we let it be. Amen. Thank you, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, can we also uh, please put your hands together for Tony, who's sitting in for Nicholas today. He's doing a phenomenal job. We appreciate him very much for being here. All right, you guys ready to pick up the energy in here? All right, we're going to finish this out. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. That's what'll get you rising up through anything is had that faith will get you. Thank you for that song. Let's give them another hand. <laughs> Woo! 
Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Let's close our eyes and feel what you feel led to give for your love offering for today. It was a heavy talk, but we made it through, and God is making us through to feeling what we are going to give for our donation for today's message. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Let's go ahead and affirm our love offering blessing together. Divine love through me blesses and multiplies all that I am, all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive. Well, let's stand up and receive the Spirit of God as we give it out through our prayer for protection. Woohoo! I'm lit up now, y'all. Oh, Lord, that's all I needed. Oh, man, that feels good. I feel like James Brown. What am I going to say? What am I going to say? I feel good. Yep, that's what I'm going to say. Whew, okay. You knew that I would. <laughs> and Kyle, you, are, you get me into it when you get up there. I love it. And Michael goes side to side. And faith bounces. Faith bounces. And then um, Lauren's on the drums. I just love everybody's unique. And Kyle is just smooth with the guitar. Just smooth with the guitar. Sweet business, y'all. Let's go ahead and affirm our prayer for protection. Together, the light of God surrounds us. The love of God enfolds us. The power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is and all is well. Before we get started, I want to also thank Tony as well for being on the piano together. And now we can do our peace song. Thank you for listening to this Unity of Farmington Hills podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and uplifted you. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but would still like to support our spiritual community, visit our giving page, unityfh.com donate.